Some men hunt for sport, others hunt for food. The day you can knock me down as yourself. You mean you eat other people's lunches? Stop it! Ohaku or Not covers the official handbook of the Marvel Universe Deluxe Edition, an encyclopedia series published from 1985 to 1988 by Marvel Comics. And we cover it with several panelists with little to no knowledge of the Marvel Universe, giving their first impressions of each character, its look, concept, and story. Warning, listener discretion is advised. Ohaku or Not is a proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. This is your host, Siskoid, and with me today are... Craven the Hunter to Lava Men. Craven the Hunter, a classic Spider-Man villain. After hunting every type of game on Earth, he turned to greater challenges, namely our friendly neighborhood web-slinger. After trying and failing many times, Craven went mad, started eating spiders, buried Spider-Man alive, then committed suicide, oh. obviously after this issue of Uhatmu. And yet, he'd given himself many advantages, including a witch doctor's potion that makes him stronger, faster, and tougher than most humans, a lion vest that shot nerve gas out of its eyes, and all sorts of traps and weapons. He's obsessed with glory and personal honor, but he so wants to win that he'll often just forget about honor and use unfair advantages. He's pictured wrestling with a lion, lifting a gorilla, drinking tea or something, <laughs> fighting Spider-Man, and there's a diagram of his vest. His vest? What? Diagram of his vest. <laughs> I My thought it was God. just a vest, but all right. No, believe it or not, that is not a fashion choice. <laughs> Oh, man, that's some steamy-ass tea. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the tea. He's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I just am overwhelmed by the patterns. Yeah, I'm My usually, eyes hurt. I'm usually down for mixed prints, but uh, not a fan not, of this. Not today. The belt, too? Like, what is the claw thing coming out of it? Zebras don't have horns, dude. <laughs> I thought it was a, a white tiger. Oh. They don't have horns either. They have claws. <laughs> yeah. Or teeth. But that that big. You would definitely scratch your arms while you walk, though. Yes. Oh, yeah. What about the ballet slippers? It's oh an interesting God. choice. I was about to say, I feel like waist down, this dude looks like he's going to like a trendy yoga class. Definitely. Yeah. The, the whole vest thing, it really does look like he sliced a face in half. It's really upsetting. Is it? Could it actually be from one of his kills? I feel like everything on this is real fur. Yeah, it makes me sad to think about it. Yeah, his, thing's, his thing is being a hunter, so it almost has to be. So he cut that face in half with his own hands. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe a knife, but... <laughs> Especially with that net. <laughs> I love that that's his weapon he's displaying. Oh. Watch out! I have a net! What was the thing that came out of the eyes? Nerve gas. And I mean, on the, the diagram, you can sort of see where like there's tubings and you can use that. If it is a real lion, he puts stuff in its face. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> That's messed you know, up. What I like in the diagram, it looks like the eye and the face of the lion would be lower on his chest, on his belly. So the eye would align with his nipples. So then he would like... Pew, pew, from his nipples. I love that. That's pretty close to your face to shoot out nerve gas. <laughs> it's a bit 
risky. <laughs> he looks so tall. Mm. Like he looks like if he's like six foot eight and oh, more. He's actually six. Impossible. I feel I would go to his waist. He looks just so giant. Yeah. Because yeah. of his giant ego. <laughs> Probably. He makes me think of that uh that evil guy in Tarzan. Stranded. Lionel. Uh, is that what his name is? I watched it a while ago. Yes. <laughs> oh wow. You know, I kind of wish that his hair could like be brushed into the mane, but his hair is still like slicked back and kind of oily looking. But I just wish it would be the same color and could just like merge. I think that would be so creepy. Like, did he make a wig out of the f- lion? Uh. Yeah, it's upsetting. I feel like he looks like evil Freddie Mercury. <laughs> like Freddie Mercury on steroids. <laughs> Not a good yeah, look. I agree with that with like the like the mustache and the vest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he tossing a gorilla in that panel? <laughs> just casually, just in my way, toss. Oh, it's really violent when he's tossing the lion, though. It's Spider-Man, too. He's making a backflip. But towards us. Tossing is really his move, isn't it? (laughs) Tossing the lion sounds like a euphemism that I don't know what it would mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's his whole thing, is trying to hunt. Like, he was hunting wild animals, bare-fisted, basically. He's not using guns. He is using nets, and he is, like choke-holding lions and tigers. And bears, oh my! And bears! (laughs) And he got so bored with it, I guess, that then he went after Spider-Man. He started hunting the biggest game of all men. (laughs) 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 Spider-Man. Not any man. Okay. okay. Also, right. did you say he eats spiders? Yeah. That's <laughs> well. What I was say. <laughs> okay. There. Are th- this is actually interesting because we have uh, Ohatmu show uh, because Ohatmu is actually involved in the genesis of that storyline. I'll explain. J.M. Demetrius, friend to this network, writer of comics, wrote this like famous storyline about Craven the Hunter, Craven's Last Hunt. Where Craven basically goes insane, but he, he tranks. In his mind, he's killed Spider-Man. He buries Spider-Man. He uses Spider-Man's suit and goes out to, to fight Spider-Man's villains. And he, he's gone, he's gone mad. He's eating spiders. He's like internalizing the spider totem kind of stuff. Uh, and then Spider-Man is actually just tranquilized inside the tomb. And then he breaks out. And it's, it's, it's like this really like horror story. And then at the end of it, Craven has done what he, he's proved this point that he did actually get Spider-Man. He could have killed Spider-Man, just didn't, but he could have. So that's the end of his arc, and he shoots himself in the head. Oh, <gasps> is, is how that ends. Yes. Very famous. Suicide was not a topic that comic books really approached before this or not in this mature way. So this was a famous story. How did the story begin? Well, originally, Jam Demetrius wanted to use a different villain, or he was inventing his own villain for this kind of story. And he was perusing Ohatmu. He was looking at this entry, or maybe like the, the previous comic entry, but either way, he saw there that this guy was born in Stalingrad, that he was a Soviet. There was a, he was Russian. And he didn't know if this was established before or if somebody who wrote Ohatmu decided that based on his name or something, on his real name. Either way, Russian. And he thought, well, I'm a fan of Dostoevsky. Yes, Craven is this 
Russian and he's he's a tortured Russian and everything is big and epic and Russian. And <laughs> that's why he picked Craven the Hunter to do this. And then he went to the bosses and said, Well, can I do this to Craven, who is a classic Spider-Man villain, first appearance, Amazing Spider-Man number 15? You know, it's like it's one of the villains that it's kind of almost unbelievable that he hasn't been in the movie yet. They said, Yeah, sure, do it. Nobody cared, I guess. <laughs> and so Craven the Hunter got killed. But um and today there's like a Craven, like his daughter, is hunting Spider-Man. And I mean, you know, he has a legacy. But uh, at the time, it was a very shocking thing to kill like a major villain or a classic villain in this way. Hmm. But it's all from doing exactly what you girls do, you know, look, just looking at the page and going, oh, look, he was born there. Or look, he's six feet tall or whatever, you know, whatever we do sometimes when we're just looking at the entries. That's how that story actually came to be because of this comic. Wow. About the suicide. Is that the first gun he ever fired? Because if so, it's fucking poetic. Pardon my French. Kind of wish it was. Probably he started out as a, you know, when he was a baby hunter <laughs> in his diapers, hunting animals. Oh, Maybe Lord. he had a gun at first. You know, I don't fair, know. To be fair, killing himself with a net might have been difficult. Many of the diapers, like animal print as well. Wait, is it a net because of like the web thing? Like, did he want something that looked like a web? The artist maybe. <laughs> Not Craven himself. Not Craven necessarily. <laughs> I mean, the, the artist who decided to, to do it this way maybe was making a visual pun. Like, if the net is classic weapon of choice, we'd have a diagram of the net. You know that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I, I wonder if when he took Spider-Man's suit and wore it, if it felt like he had skinned him. Ew. Oh, mm. <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my mind when you said that. I was like, "Ew." <laughs> I'm telling you, this yeah. is like this is a very like a uh, psychologically dark story. So yes, I do like that. I do like that they actually took like a riskier turn, and and it's permadeath, right? He never came back. It's permadeath. Uh, I, I remember a story where he returned and he was like sort of a zombie, and half his head was missing. Oh, good God! Oh, nice. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I like that they actually like stuck to like a dark story and committed to it. That's cool, but that's not that's not redeeming him. That's redeeming comic book writers. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question about the vest. There are two main. Well, there's the right elbow main pump, and then the left elbow safety release pump. So how does it work exactly? Is he like doing the duck dance ball to shoot? Is that what it means? You need to pump that? Or maybe he just, like, pushes his sides? Just Okay, if he does the dance, I really want to see that in a movie. Or, like, the Robin Hood stance. Like, the ha-ha. Fists on the sides, like, yeah. dramatic pose. Then ha-ha, nerve gash. <laughs> in your face. Also mine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and also, what is going on in the T picture? Like, what is that face on the wall? I, th I think they're supposed to be like big African masks or something. Ooh. It just looks like a, a guy that's laughing. It looks like an astral projection behind him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not just T in that cup. I was reading the description a bit, and I love that the way he started hunting Spider-Man is this chameleon dude just called him, and he's like, yo, you should hunt Spider-Man. And then... He came to the U.S. to hunt Spider-Man amid great publicity. <laughs> I love that he made a, a PR op out of it. Good God. <laughs> well, I mean, he does look like the kind of guy that will, like, pose next to dead animals. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so maybe he's like, oh, yeah, 
This is going to be in the papers for sure. To me, this is the villain of the next Homecoming movie, of the next Spider-Man movie. Because at the end of the last one, Spider-Man is outed. And it feels like the media versus J. Jonah Jimison's in there. He's going to make a big circus out of who Spider-Man really is. This seems like a perfect opportunity for Craven to show up. To have a hunter, a, yeah. As a reality TV star. <laughs> I hope he gets a better costume in the film. No, I hope he gets exactly this costume in the film. <laughs> he will be ridiculous. Isabel, you said he'd he'd pose next to animals, dead animals. Yeah. I think he'd pose inside of them. <gasps> uh, You're so dark. Stop it. I'm having a dark night. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, but in the he like slices them open and like rests in them for warmth. He has friends at a cabin, so he like gets inside the lion and creeps up on the cabin to scare them, and then he's like, ha ha ha, a bunch of suckers. This conversation <laughs> is not Elise friendly. <laughs> <laughs> With nightmares Sorry. about hanging out in carcasses. <laughs> does he eat the meat? Like, does he eat lion? <laughs> Unknown. He does not look like a vegetarian. No. It's like either a hardcore carnivore or a very adamant vegan. But given <laughs> that he wears the skins, he's probably not a vegan. Well, let me ask you this. No. Craven the Hunter, <laughs> hot or not? No. no wait no, for no, the no. question. <laughs> answer the question. Don't wait for the translation. <laughs> I feel a little conflicted on how to answer. Because I find him really interesting, but also really gross. <laughs> One of the things that I hate the most and you guys could back me up on this because we live in New Brunswick and <laughs> I happen to like either know or know a lot of people who hunt and I'm not into that. And around hunting season, my Facebook becomes just pictures of people next to dead moose and I don't want to see that. And so that's exactly what this dude triggered for me. And so I have a hard time saying that I like him because that's what I'm imagining. But also, I think he's kind of fun and weird. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you would have, like, pictures of dead animals in his wallet. Yeah. <gasps> and, like, a trophy room. I agree that he's interesting and he had an interesting exit. I just wish they made him less of an ass. Like, when you were describing the personality, it's like, arrogant, boisterous, big ego. And it's like, oh, great, another one. <laughs> He's a villain. Yeah. 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 We can't like a villain too much. He is a showboat. I don't think they gave him, like, a Russian accent or anything. No, he escaped when he was a teenager, so he'd had yeah. time to... He was a, a son of an aristocrat, the only one of his family who escaped to the UK after the Russian Revolution. So he has a British accent. So like the villain in Tarzan. <laughs> Yes. See? So have we decided if he was hot or not? I can't. I don't think I could ever date a hunter. Agreed. I couldn't. Like, in a way, I get that it helps with animal population. However, I just don't like to know about it. I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to see it, especially that I live in the country. So it's everywhere. And I understand hunting for food, like, sure, whatever. But I feel he's hunting just to have a trophy, have it mounted on his wall, which is the worst. I mean, if, if you want to hunt for food, don't hunt lions. lions. <laughs> yeah. Leopard and elephants, the animals that are, you know, endangered and all. So, yeah. No. I feel like uh, his hunting is not, like, cool. Like, no. I feel like he goes into sanctuaries and, like, hunts oh. lions. <laughs> oh, yeah. He is that douchebag. See? 
my vest. See my vest made from real gorilla chest. Feel this sweater, there's no better than authentic Irish setter. See this hat, it was my cat, my evening wear vampire bat. These white slippers are albino, African endangered rhino, grizzly bear underwear, turtles necks, I've got my share, parade of poodle on my noodle, it shall rest. Try my red robin suit, it comes one breast or two. See my vest, see my vest, see my vest. So the Kree, for movie fans, the Kree are the people who train Captain Marvel. In the comics, the original Captain Marvel is a white-skinned member of that race, which includes both white and blue-skinned people. In the MCU, Ronan the Accuser from the first Guardians movie is also a Kree, and he gets his own entry later, as does the supreme intelligence that rules their society, voiced by Annette Bening in the Captain Marvel movie. The Kree are a military civilization much older than ours, with an empire of a thousand planets that started a million years ago. It is ruled by a complex computer. The Kree are about twice as strong and tough as humans, but they mostly leave us alone, though they keep us under surveillance. Their blood enemies are the shape-shifting Skrulls. Thing is, the Kree is an old empire. It is stagnating. There are a few new ideas, and its governance is very conservative. Who knows how long it still has? Pictured, a number of important Kree. We got the Supreme Intelligence, Ronan, Prime Minister Zarek, Marvel, who is the original Captain Marvel, Una the Medic, Colonel Yon Rog, who is essentially the character Jude Law played in the movie, prehistoric leader Morag, members of the Lunatic Legion, Fairpoor and Srohim, Colonel Beldan, Servitor Bundal, Scientist Minerva, Scientists Macron and Falzon, and Super Agent Shatterstar. Uh, we also get color-coded Kree militia uniforms from private to general. And you can see Captain, that was like Captain Marvel's original, original suit looked like that because he oh. was a captain in the militia. Cool. You're like, that last dude, does he have like a monocle? <laughs> Which last dude? Throw him? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that That's my favorite thing. I'm going to go monocle. Nice mustache, too. What happened to Supreme Intelligence? They, like, I'm concerned. It's a, it's just a face on a computer screen. It's a computer. And they chose that face? Well, it gets its own entry, so... He looks like the dude in Ghostbusters. Slimer? Except with hair. I, I really like the militia uniforms. I love the different colors and the way that all goes together. I find that fun. Is it all planets? Is that is that what's happening? think so. Planets or, yeah, planets or extra rings and... A star. Is it planet, then star, then rings around stars? And maybe a black hole. <laughs> the brown uniform, I feel, is the le less interesting one. I would not be want to be a lieutenant. You're in brown <laughs> and a circle. Well, I mean, you have to go through a lieutenant to get to captain, though, right? Nah, I'd stay at private. It's purple. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's nice. Is it fur poor? Is that, is that what... I think so. Okay. I feel like in every group of just faces, there's that guy. Oh, definitely. There's always the evil-looking goatee man. <laughs> My question is, what happened to Bell Dan's razor? And can we please get him another one? <laughs> <laughs> like, he has a mustache on his chin. <laughs> Why is it split like that? You'd have to trim it that way. Yeah. Maybe he's an alien. It's their that's fashion. What, that's what his chin looks like. Oh my god, stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a butt chin, but 
extra pointy. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I gotta say that now that I'm zoomed in on Silly Beard Guy, Bundal next to him looks kind of hot. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah. He's got that kind of skinny mustache move that I don't really like, but besides that, pretty uh, sexy face. Sexy face, Marvel, Silver Fox. <laughs> the white hair. I mean, he was Captain Marvel, so obviously. Oh, really? I don't know things. He needs to be. Extra handsome. <laughs> yes. Okay. He's a hero. And <laughs> Macron is a very hot scientist. Mm-hmm. These are mostly hot. Which is surprising. Yeah. Usually when we get lots of faces like this, at least half, if not more, are or like just... really weird and not great. Yeah. Yeah, even Falzon or whatever, it's not that bad. He's just an old man with a normal face. <laughs> yeah. We say yeah. a wise man. Yeah. Or wise alien, I guess. Mature man. Although Morag looks constipated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably Zarek is the least handsome. I don't know what's going on with the chin strap. It's weird. I don't like it. It's a helmet with no ear coverings? Yeah, I don't know. It's to protect the ears. <laughs> it feels like he had dental surgery. He has ears that nobody else has. Yeah, he has elf ears. Yeah. True. He's kind of got like a Yoda thing happening. But don't ears like keep growing as you get old? Not pointy. For the Kree, you don't know. The Kree might have different physiognomy. I'm impressed at how accurate Ronan, Ronan, whatever that name is portrayed in the movie. Was it? Did you say it was Yonrog that was played by Jude Law? Because that that's pretty accurate. He does look like Jude Law. Oh yeah, good for you, Yonrog. <laughs> <laughs> the movie doesn't end well for him. Oh, uh, <laughs> spoilers. Shatterstar is a pretty good name. Shatterstar. Yeah, and it's a cool helmet. He's got a little bit of the evil eyes happening, but I feel like he looks cool. Is he is he cool? I've never seen him. He doesn't even get his own entry, so I figure it probably just appeared like the once. Super Cree agent. What do you think of their culture? What do you think of the Cree as a intergalactic empire? I don't think they'd like me. Well, I don't think don't... I'd, be a, I'd be an appreciated daughter-in-law. Well, they don't they don't mess around with humans. They just monitor us, which is kind of nice. You know what else you monitor? <laughs> babies. Sleeping babies. Yeah, and we're pretty much babies. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I mean, they have great cheekbones. And really, that's all counts. <laughs> so when you say that they're like they're an old empire and they're they're very conservative and they're like it's it's leading to their empire being decrepit. What specifically is happening to the empire because it's stagnant? In the comics, what they usually do with this is that they're very often at war with the Skrulls. They're at war with people because people are taking advantage of the fact that they're on the wane. So are the Kree? As a whole, hot or not. Attractive. You get kidnapped by UFO. <laughs> Would you like it to be the Kree? <laughs> I mean, kinda. I think you could do worse than the yeah. Kree. My opinion as well. They'd probably, maybe not be nice to me, but at least not complete assholes. They wouldn't like put me into slavery or anything probably, which is pretty good considering other people we've seen. And I feel there's like a 70% from what I'm seeing with the faces, a 70% chance of a hottie, so... Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. You know, if, if someone's going to murder me, they better be hot. Um. <laughs> I do think I'd be frustrated with them, though. I find people who are stuck in, like, 
old ways just because that's how it works and that's how we do things really frustrating mm. so I, I don't think i would like them very much like as like a on a political side i think these, it's the exhausting yeah these are the it's a race that does not enjoy rap music <laughs> no <laughs> the best shit yeah mozart is the newest thing to listen to <laughs> <laughs> They got a like, it, top forty, and it's like Mozart and Chopin. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to go that far. There's some villages in New Brunswick that are technically in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Bitches got me looking like Mozart, yeah. Rhyming on the beat like it's fine art, yeah. Flowing so cold, diamonds froze hard. Why these bitches got me looking like Mozart, yeah. Crow, uh. the leader of the Deviants. He was gifted from birth with incredible longevity and near invulnerability. So he was alive at least 20,000 years ago and is still going strong. But he's hidden his immortality and assumed various identities in deviant culture since the beginning, with the help of another genetic power, the ability to change his face. Uh. One of these identities seems to have been the devil, or at least humanity remembers him that way. Today, he says he's the descendant of the original crow, and he's taken those features again. Way back when, he fell in love with the eternal queen known as Thena, and they were lovers. And in the contemporary era, he tried to get back in with Thena, but it wasn't to be, even if she still had feelings for him. He became ruler of the Deviants, but he isn't really happy because he's not with Thena. That said, he's still a villain. And history is filled with stories about his lack of respect for life. When he gets into a fight, he tries to maim and hurt his opponent. But he's also honorable in his way, he respects the rare promises he makes. And of course, he would do anything for Thena, including doing the right thing. I've mentioned his powers, but there's a strange note here in the entry about his heart, which isn't where you find it in humans... It says the heart's true location is unrevealed. <laughs> I know where his heart is. It's with Thena. Oh. He also uses all sorts of technology, including infrared goggles, energy gloves, flame guns, etc. He's pictured getting angry at one of his subjects, kissing Thena, pointing from his Arctic base, using the energy gloves, and speaking on a stage. Elise, I thought you were going to say his heart was on his dick. You're, you went ra way more romantic. I was like... He does have like a, a square that looks like he's scanning his uh, penis. Yes. Yeah. And it, it does have like a, a heartbeat situation happening. So. <laughs> Maybe. So when you said he fell in love with Dina and they were lovers, in my head I 100% just heard, and they had sex. <laughs> All the sexy sex. That's what it means when in a text they say they were lovers. I know, sex I just sex. really like that you had to tell us. <laughs> they were exchanging bodily fluids. They oh, had the, the devil's sex. tango. Oh, uh, the sex. I, I miss calling it the sex. The sex. <laughs> I've never called it the sex. I have. I'll start calling it the sex. Only when I was asking for it. <laughs> the sex? It's not like, do you want the sex? No, no, it's just, hey, the, the sex. sex. <laughs> That's That's even worse. I love it. Next merge, the sex question mark. <laughs> so his face, he changes it every like 60 years or so or whatever. I guess. I wonder if he always did it that way or like when he was 
a young teenager is like, which face am I going to wear today? I don't know. Like an outfit. I wish I could change my face. Same. Why? All the time? Just once. I mean, just when, like, you're doing a photo shoot and then they keep taking bad pictures and you're like, fuck, it's the angle. I wish my face wouldn't look like that from this angle. And then I could fix my bad angle. Me, it's mostly like I would get a better nose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because the problem with that is, is it permanent? Like, could he remain with the same face all the time? I don't think he has to concentrate. He just, he changes it and then... That's it. It's just a power that he can use. Apparently, he he can change appearance. He just can't, like, change his bone structure. So he always be the same size. Okay. Okay. But does he coordinate, like, the color of his skin to, like, his outfits? Because that's what he seems to be doing. Yeah, he's very (laughs) pink in here. I think his skin is always the same. I think it's just, I don't think he turns into a different creature. It's just like, I feel yeah, like that's... that would be weird. And confusing. Because <laughs> I feel like it's very jarring if your face changes. I don't mm. think I would want that personally. Because I feel like, like even if it's something fairly minor, when you look at yourself, it's like, that's not my face. It's very odd. And kind of upsetting. I know, like, he chose it, so I guess you know what you're getting into, but I don't... That's a weird power to have. But a deviant shapeshifter who does this every so often, over 20,000 years... Yeah. Might not have those yeah. same feelings. So the other deviants are not... Don't have eternal life? No. So the, the way... We talked about some deviants, like Carcass was a deviant, and a Gore was a deviant. And whenever we talked about deviants, they're, they're just like a race on Earth that is genetically predisposed to mutation. Every deviant is completely different. So is it part of it to be dressed like you're in a rockin' 80s music video? (laughs) (laughs) I believe that's part of the being designed by Jack Kirby. Okay. (laughs) Probably. The curse of... The Kirby curse? The Kirby curse. (laughs) The look is weird. (laughs) <laughs> like I, the sunglasses I, I, are epic. I don't dislike it, but it's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. Like I, I guess I wish there were different colors or something. I, I think that's the thing that bothers me the most. It's just it's so. I think there's good elements, but because it's all pink and black, it's kind of boring. I just can't understand the thing on his shirt. Like, what is it supposed to be? It looks like a satellite. Is it that? a big hammer? No, it's Craven's belt. Is it? But like pictured <laughs> on his shirt. It's like two of Craven's belts. <laughs> with the spikes and all perfect. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. good with that. It's like, it's like a belt point. holder. <laughs> I like this explanation. Are all deviants villains? I forget. Well, no. Carcass was a very uh, sweet, oh, yeah. thumbless oh, kid, right? But, okay. Yeah. But the deviants are kind of the enemies of the Eternals. And the Eternals are meant to be the heroes of their own comic. Because I kind of feel for him, if he's immortal and his people are not, like, imagine how many people you'd have to say goodbye to. Mm. They don't know that you live on. That's... Now I'm sad. I'm sorry. (laughs) What do you do? Look back at his ridiculous chest image. Okay. Less sad. Like, do you have to, like, fake your own death or do you have to just, like, leave abruptly when you they realize you, you're not aging? Oh, my God. That's so deep. He can't change oh. his face. Yeah, so he, he just runs away, changes his face, and starts over. What a depressing life. My Lord. Maybe that's why he's wearing these weird uh, sunglasses in the main picture. It's to hide the fact that he's been crying all that time. 
my god. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh. This is too sad. I want to give him a hug. No. I'm, I'm not in the hug phase. <laughs> I'm not. What about him as a uh, in couples with Tina? We've got a we got a picture of that. Very passionate. Yeah. Well, they were lovers. You they see the sex. The sex. <laughs> they the sex you see. <laughs> What is picture here is pre the sex. Wait a second. His eyes are red. That's alarming. I don't agree with this. I don't like it. Romantically gaze into red eyes. No, thank you. That sounds terrifying. Saying that the pretext for the photo is pre sex. I think it could be post sex. They look quite satisfied in that picture. Or maybe it's like at the moment of completion from the species, you know? That's why they had a quickie. That's why they're still dressed. I mean, those faces, but if they were laying down. Maybe they are. We don't know. Maybe they're floating in space. Ah. Oh. That must be hard. The The sex sex must be weird. It must be hard to do. Mm Mm-hmm. How do like, you have the space sex? No I don't gravity. think you do. <laughs> how do you how do you thrust? Like there's no 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 no. It's not space sex, so um <laughs> I will then ask. But wait, uh, why are they not together? Eternals versus deviants, it's just like this whole thing. It's Romeo and Juliet, but he can't die. Oh man. Neither can she. But they were perfect for each other. So they can't be together because they're not in the same like group. Can't they just it. run away together? No? Maybe? They both have responsibilities as rulers of each of their people. Yeah, fuck those. It's worth it for love. Do fuck they still have the sex every now and then? <laughs> they had kids, so... Oh. Well, then, yes. At least a few times. <laughs> well, they had twins, so... Uh, so at least yeah. one. Like, all of these people we've been seeing have, like, this tragic backstory of, like, sadness and longing and unfulfilled lives. That's been rough, <laughs> man. It, it, Is Crow hot or not? No. No. Uh, okay, I have a more important question. The oh? people in the crowd, do they have Lego heads? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I mean, kind of, yeah. Oh, for God. different wigs. So I have no interest in discussing him further. However, I could keep talking about the space sex. So I'm gonna say not hot because he's boring. Yeah, I'm I agree. I'm not like I'm not like excited. I'm just kind of like man about this. Too. I'm gonna forget him instantly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel he would like. Obviously, he's still in love with his ex-wife or ex-lover so i feel every date would just be like i remember when she used to do that and it's like okay buddy shut up and have the sex yeah (laughs) like date someone else or go back to her you can't be like on a date with me and be like oh well that's not what she used to do oh she was so great josie you're you're blonde maybe he likes blondes maybe you're a perfect fit huh I'll you try basically my best. look like this person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, j- I'm just looking at Jose on the screen, looking at Fina, trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. It maybe works. I feel like he's a little bit like one of those video game characters that are like more important than the like basic, like the basic villain that you'll fight like over and over and over again. But he's not like the boss. He's like the a uh, half boss halfway through that you'll kind of forget exists. He looks like the other dudes. He's just a little more jacked up. So it's he's harder to kill 
Yeah. But you're not dying unless you're really not careful. He's like, oh, yeah, you're like the other basic soldier, except you're pink. <laughs> <laughs> and you take five shots to kill instead of three. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Oh, no. I think yes. Curse. Yeah, curse indeed. (laughs) One of the villains from Thor the Dark World, Curse was the dark elf formerly known as Algrim the Strong, who once fought Thor for his master, Malekith, a battle that ended with him falling into magma. He survived thanks to his enchanted ebony armor, but only just... The godlike Beyonder took an interest and turned him into Curse so he could complete his vendetta against the God of Thunder. But when Curse discovered he'd been betrayed by Malekith, he sought him out and killed him. That ended his rage. He was reintegrated into Asgardian society where he acts as protector of Asgardian children, the only ones for whom he will still unleash his rage. Curse is usually silent and hardly ever speaks a word. His strength is Hulk level and said to be double Thor's. He's nearly indestructible and his organic armor grows and stretches around him to protect him from new dangers. He can sense his rage enemy even a continent away. But he is a dark elf and like all elves, he's vulnerable to iron. He's pictured smashing things in Hela's realm, fighting Thor in his original ebony armor and then as curse. I'm in. Oh, like what? Like... Iron is his weakness. That's it. Like <laughs> that nothing it. else. So is he anemic? <laughs> uh, I do maybe. like the bird skull on his chest. I like the skull like on his like torso, like the print with the yeah. teeth. I don't mm-hmm. see the hole in his crotch. Uh, <laughs> it does feel like no penis. <laughs> no, <laughs> no penis. It just feels hollow. Yeah, sort of like a yeah. point. Oh well, in the the picture where he's fighting the first one, it, it kind of looks like a hole, like a like a mouse hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Easy it's access. A void. There's nothing there. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just the bottom is boots. He needs to pee out of something. So there's just like this little door that he can open. <laughs> At least he doesn't pee in his own suit that gets recycled. Like yeah. someone we know. <laughs> I love that his name is Algrim because I just want to call him Al, and that's fantastic. I do dislike when they like curse with a K. Really bothers me. It just feels wrong (laughs) when it's like the wrong letter. I don't love that. Have you seen his occupation? Seeker of vengeance. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine imagine you need to call your references for that. Yeah, he he seeked vengeance on me a few years ago. Uh, (laughs) It was pretty bad for me. On a resume. (laughs) As you can see, uh, I'm currently dead, so his vengeance did indeed uh, work. So, like, you know how you have that little sentence to, you know, sell yourself? At the beginning. So it's like, bitter, vengeful, <laughs> super-striked person who's filled with anger. Also works in daycare. Yes, great with children. <laughs> it's such a weird side job. Like, Let's put every scary thing we can on this guy and have him watch kids. I love that, though. I think that's what makes me like him. Yeah, I agree with that. 
It yeah. makes him kind of charming. I like the whole thing. It's just who thought of this? <laughs> A genius. A genius. Someone who was scarred for life. <laughs> I have I have a question about the suit because I'm not sure I understand the way you described it. It sounded like, and I might have misunderstood, that basically the suit kind of changes to fit the whatever situation he's in by itself. Yes, it is alive or it's part of his skin. That's crazy. It's like hate- Thanksgiving pants. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Has a bit late on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the bottom right picture where he's punching Thor. I'm trying to figure out what it is that looks like a face mask because I can't see anything else. It's a mask. Yeah, it's a mask. I'm trying to remember what was happening back. I think maybe pandemic? Thor had a, like a scar. Yeah, no, that's not a pandemic. Uh, I think he was disfigured or something and oh. decided to wear something. Like Shredder. Uh, but it's a part of his cape, I think. What? But he doesn't have a cape on that picture. He just I know, he ripped it up to make a mask. Ah! That's what I did. <laughs> That's what, That's you what did. I did. <laughs> you ripped up your cape to make a mask. It is made my mask, but with my cape. Yeah. <laughs> when characters are like super detailed like this, they maybe don't use them that much because it's like a pain. Yeah. Well, just a face, all the teeth and the yeah, horns. There's just so much going on. I have a hard time imagining that he would be like super recurring. That's why he was shunted off to the daycare. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, meanwhile, at daycare, and it's the same image of him every time. It's <laughs> like watching the children not saying anything. Am I the only one getting a strong tiki vibe from his face? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not. Me, what I'm getting, maybe I see the robot from Twerp, from Tupperware Remix Party. His face. His legs are kind of like cowboy-y. They have like the chaps kind of spur thing going on. Yeah. That is a little Japanese, right? You mean like samurai? Yeah. There's a bit of everything going on in that armor. Yeah. Yeah. The side of his leg looks like stamps. Or someone was trying to use a hole puncher, but they were too close to the edge of the page. Yeah. <laughs> Curse those hole punchers. Uh-huh. The same hole puncher that they made the crotch with. <laughs> I like the horns a lot. Which ones? <laughs> There's oh, like pointy them. ones. There's like three. Set. Yeah. That, that's what you're reacting to, Isabel. The the top horns. Yes, yes, that's what I mean. Are sort of, yeah, they're they're like shogun kind of. Yeah, I like the sleeves. They're just like huge, intense sleeves. <laughs> they yeah. don't even look like material. They look like metal. Like it's what? organic. I find they look like bouffant silk sleeves. I mean well, the cuffs. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, like the oh cuffs. yeah, not the, the cuffs. cuffs. The cuffs are like terracotta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was frustrated and punched like a flower pot. and His, his plants kept dying and he didn't know why. So he seeked vengeance on them. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was referring to his blouse. Uh, yeah. Okay, Sorry. He does have a billowy blouse. Is he actually like good with kids? Because he doesn't really talk, right? So does he just like intimidate them into being subdued? <laughs> uh, from what I've read, the um, Asgardian kids really don't need any protector they're all he's not babysitter he's protecting their lives as guardian kids are tougher than our kids 
<laughs> is it is it like if someone's fucking with a kid somewhere? He's got like a tingly spider sense, and then he's like, "I will seek vengeance for you." But then the Asgardians kid is like, "Oh, I." I kicked his ass already. Sorry. I, I wanted to wait for you, but like I just pinched him and he died. <laughs> oh, and then he walks away all sad that he can't help. <laughs> There's a whole daycare comic book series what? that needs to be written that doesn't oh. exist. 100%. I thought you were saying it was. You know what I would love if they were to do like a Muppet Babies thing, but <laughs> with like characters. So we have like. Yeah. Baby Thor, yeah, Baby, Baby Thor, Thor, Baby Loki, curse. I want to see the zany story where he has to team up with Hulk at the daycare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd watch the hell out of that. <laughs> Get on it, Marvel. Is curse hot or not? I love him. I, I also, I think the design is like insane. Like, I don't even understand why they chose to make him look like this, but I'm here for it. It's weird. Yeah. I'm so in. I even don't hate the original look, like in the panel on the side where he's like a blue dude. I don't even hate that. I think it's just a shadow. No, no, that's, that's no, no, that's the ebony armor that he oh. used when he was Algrim the Strong, like in their first fight. Oh, okay. It also has that sort of vaguely Japanese influence yeah. in the helmet. Yeah, he's a hot for me. Yeah, totally. More than ever, to be a teacher requires patience, kindness, and understanding. Don't worry, everything is under control. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! I can keep it short. The answer is no. Lava men. Oh, there's so many of them. Oh, oh no. Oh, it's a race. A race of primitive subterraneans living in tribes and caves deep beneath the Earth's surface. Centuries ago, the deviants created a servant race from human cells, and some of these worshipped a demon and rebelled. The demon changed them into lava people. Today, one such tribe lives under New York. They look like humans, but they have reddish, rock-hard skin. They're about twice as strong and tough as we are, but are especially resistant to heat and can stand in molten lava without harming themselves. They even generate constant heat so that the stone floor melts under their feet and they can set things on fire just by touching them. They can also concentrate that heat into an area to melt weapons that are trained on them, for example. Some lava men can command lava to do their bidding or turn into 20-foot giants. When they die, they immediately turn to ash. As a society, they have chiefs and shamans and no modern technology. The first lava man ever encountered was called Molto and was manipulated by Loki into fighting Thor, but then became friends with Thor. When a science project drilled for magma in their caverns, they attacked the surface world, but the Avengers made peace with them and the project went elsewhere for its drilling. That's more or less been the pattern for this race, uh, which counts probably no more than a thousand individuals worldwide. Pictured fighting the Avengers with stone clubs and a catapult. Where are the lava women? Maybe they're not fighters. Do they exist? Well, there was a movie called Lava Girl and Shark Boy. So, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I wish their blood was lava. Yeah. Maybe it is. Is their blood lava? I don't have answers for that. Because I feel like the image suggests that there's lava inside of them. Yeah, like little cracks. They're hyper, you know, they're super hot. So, so probably. Yeah. 
Let us be the judge of that. <laughs> Probably there's something inside them that is, you know, magma level. Imagine playing the floor is lava with these people. <laughs> Just jumps on the couch and the couch is on fire. There's footsteps that's burnt all over the wooden floors. Oh, no. Yeah, no, he's not allowed in the house. They kind of have like a discount Hulk vibe. I think it's the face and the underwear. Like, the un- get different color underwear. The underwear looks so saggy, too. Like, yeah. It looks like a diaper. Oh, I find oh. it looks so tight around the hips, like it's two sizes too small. Yeah, well, you know how like a diaper, you put it on real tight on the sides? <laughs> and then yeah, the bottom kind of on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just can't get over the fact that he looks like meat. Uh, He does look like meat. Like, it looks like if he's, like, raw beef, and it... It's just like if he removes skin from a person. Yeah. This is a gross episode. (laughs) It's like that music video. (laughs) (laughs) He's, like, sexy dancing, and then he's, like, strips up to, like, he takes off his skin. It's (laughs) Robin something, right? Robbie Williams? Yeah. He takes off his skin at some point, and it's kind of like that. <laughs> so, like, what do they do all day inside the mountain? To hug the mountain. To envelop that mountain. With- They're trying to activate volcanoes. I-, I think the metaphor is First Nations. I think they're supposed to be Native Americans. Oh, yeah. They have a tribal culture. They have chiefs and shamans. That's said explicitly. And then there's, like, the, the white man is drilling on their land and they kind of go to war for that you know so i think the the metaphor is supposed to be i don't think it's very flattering though <laughs> no, uh, it rarely is in these <laughs> cases they were also worshiping a demon yeah that's not great that no. never ends up well going to go with that's not politically correct culturally insensitive comics that's our new show (laughs) where we just point out things and we're like that was culturally insensitive (laughs) the bottom picture what is in the catapult just a rock a rock of molten lava okay okay second question what's way in the back in the sky the wasp oh okay i'm done who's the dude in the red shirt rig jones Yeah. He doesn't seem very useful in this case. (laughs) He's encouraging. Look, he's jumping and encouraging the team. Like, go team. You got this. You're doing great. He's just (laughs) doing great social media presence. (laughs) Yeah. He looks like he's doing like rock'em sock'em movements in the air behind his team so it just kind of looks like he's doing like yeah yeah you get him cap you get him yeah yeah yeah, hit him hit him what's funny (laughs) is it looks like hulk is actually doing the same (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's he's just very angry he's so angry he can't remember what he's trying to do i don't know why they're throwing punches from multiple meters away from the people And, I mean, in that really early appearance, you can see the lava men are a lot more, they're a lot lumpier. Are they supposed to be, like, sort of, like, rocky? Not, not like, rocky, like the fighter, I mean, <laughs> rocky, like, as a <laughs> minerals formation? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think they were, they're called lava men, and they were, it's kind of assumed that they were made of lava. I think I prefer their lumpy form. It's kind of reminiscent of the golem. In the Prague legend, except not lava, mud. I don't like them. Well, let me ask then, are lava men hot or not? As Nut has said at the start, 
Um, no. Strong no. <laughs> I'd like to have them light my fire at a camping, but that's pretty much it. Come on, baby, light my fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> they do not light my fire. Yeah, I'm not a big yeah. fan of this. There's something that's just off about it that I don't like. I don't know. It's just like almost a good idea, and then it's not. I don't hate them. They're just I not like a fun design. <laughs> I feel like it's missing something. Yeah, like more lava. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was... Lava flowing hair, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, can... oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Imagine if they were, like, dripping lava. That'd be sexy. Yeah. I wonder if I'd like it more if they were, like, black, but with the cracks of lava, just what? like a... Yeah, that, I agree. That reminds me of the villain in Moana now. Mm, yeah. Oh, I think the thing is, is when the skin's pink, it looks kind of fleshy and cut up. And I think that's what I don't like about it. So this is the lesson of this episode. Pink is not hot. I think so. I love pink. Just, I don't like pink that looks like meat. Because their two characters are totally pink. But it's like they tried to make pink masculine. It's like, you know what? No, just embrace what pink is. Pink doesn't have to be hard. What? Well, I mean, yeah, like, it's cool that they put pink on a masculine character, because that's, like, a fun assertion that it's not inherently female, but the thing is, it can look like flesh in print form. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Tough young guys, sinewy bodies in their uh, fingers, teeny toes, challenge the rock, challenging death. Why do I climb the mountain? Because I'm in love. Art credits. Craven the Hunter by John Romita Sr. Cree by Howard Bender. Crow by Paul Smith. Curse by Walt Simonson. And Lava Men by Armando Gill. August is Zorro Month here at the Fire and Water Podcast Network. To celebrate the 101st anniversary of Zorro, we here at Fire and Water are producing several episodes celebrating The Fox and his appearances in various media. First up is The Mirror Factory. We focus on where the legend began, the seminal novel by Johnston McCulley, originally entitled The Curse of Capistrano. Then, over on FW Presents, we'll look at El Zorro's long and storied publication history in the realm of comic books. Then on Film and Water, we'll discuss the classic 1940 film The Mark of Zorro with Tyrone Power. Then on Digest Cast, we'll get small to discuss the Zorro comic digests from Paper Cuts. And finally, back on FW Presents, we'll examine the classic 1950s Disney Zorro television series starring Guy Williams. You can find all of these shows at fireandwaterpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So carve out some time to celebrate Zorro Month with us this August on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Wait, that's all we're doing? Why did you make me watch Zorro the Gay Blade? Female bag. <laughs> the feedback on episode 60. Oh. Yeah. So we talked about Claw, Misty Knight, Kofi, and Krang. Let's uh, look Krang. at what uh, Chris Franklin says. He says, this guy got more space than Black Panther, including a maskless shot. Again, I never fail to get a chuckle out of the girls calling BS on the concepts most of us nerds just accept at face value. Like solid sound. I always <laughs> thought Claw looked like he should be a lackey of Magneto since they color coordinate. 
The name always bothered me too. Uh, Dr. Ange explains Claw to us. He says, every substance, well, you asked, every substance has its own unique frequency at which it resonates. This is why glass can be shattered by noise when the wave reverberates its internal frequency. Even human tissue has this sort of property. That's why certain sonic weapons can affect people's bowels. When Claw jumped into the converter, his body was destroyed, but his consciousness remained. So foul was his own hatred, and so unique is vibranium, that he was able, by force of will, to force sound to recreate a body out of sound waves. Since Claw was a master of sound, he would know the frequency of bone, skin, muscle, etc. So he used the power of vibranium to vibrate at that frequency at enormous resonance and amplitude to form a body out of the solid sound, but one which still feels and looks human. And that is because the sound of his skin is working at the same frequency as skin does. Doctored! You've just scienced. That just feels like a long afternoon. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) A long afternoon. Like, that sounds like a very long project that's good for you, but wow. (laughs) But does that mean he can look like anything? Like he can change his body type? He doesn't, but um, I mean, it's the same reason that, I mean, if Ange is right. (laughs) (laughs) If Ange is right, when he creates like that solid sound gorilla, he's actually resonating sound at all the frequencies that bone and muscle and skin and fur actually resonate at. And that's why you can create those things. I mean, as a political science major, sounded legit to me. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. That sounded... Fair. Good technobabble. Uh, Misty Knight. Captain Entropy says, thanks for spending a few minutes on Misty Knight, even though she's the most obvious hot ever, as portrayed either in comics or live action. Everyone who commented basically said how Misty was hot, but Jonathan Riddle adds that in classic X-Men number 13, she used her bionic arm to punch out a shark. More than hot. Misty is volcanic. And Gothos Mansion agrees. One of the coolest names in comics, he says. As a young kid back in 1977, I picked up Marvel Team-Up number 64. I think Misty and Iron Fist's kiss in that issue may have been the first interracial kiss I saw anywhere, not just in a comic. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Kofi, Power Pack expert Rick, reveals June Brigman designed this alien after her own love of horses. Time for some of Angie's puns. I look forward to them. Is he hot? I thought for sure the girls would say nay. (laughs) (laughs) Although being a cute horse and wearing mod clothes uh, is a winny-winny situation, and those clothes look expensive, probably had to pony up a tidy sum for them. (laughs) He's not done. He says, I'm glad he's still trying to master his powers. He needs to dust himself off and get back in the saddle. (laughs) Mike Dana says, it took me a long time to realize that snarks are not snorks. All I could picture in my mind is the old 80s cartoon. Snorks combined with Kofi is too much cuteness overload. And Brian Litton wonders if Kofi had a cutie mark on his hindquarters. And if he does, what does it look like? And I believe... Brian, you mean rump designs? No. Yes. The cutie mark. The rump design, as it was called in-house, where they were making My Little Pony. So what would be the rump design on Kofi? I don't know enough about the character to tell, so I will go with the design on the shirt. As a My Little Pony expert, (laughs) not really, but kind of, often what you're cutie mark is it's kind of your calling in a weird way i don't know what would 
the on his cutie mark or what would be his cutie mark since I don't know exactly what his calling is. So, like, what would our cutie marks be? Like, you mean your rump design? Uh, no. <laughs> I will never have a rump design. Thank you very much. It's complicated because we're not in that universe, but, like, for Applejack, <laughs> because it's like she has pony, apples. Is that it? <laughs> it's like I don't know if you realized, but we're not ponies. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, Applejack has apples because she wants to run the farm, the apple farm. Fluttershy has butterflies because she's very into nature and she cares a lot about nature. Are you so, born with it or does it show up? No, it shows up. <laughs> <laughs> or is it Maybelline? <laughs> Imagine you're born and your parents are, are waiting for you to come out to see what your calling is printed on your ass. <laughs> no, it shows up. It shows up throughout time because there's... Oh, God, I'm so sorry. There's some siblings that are younger ponies that don't have their cutie marks yet. And they're searching for their cutie marks. And what are they? The cutie mark crusaders. Oh. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like I've watched this show too much. You get your cutie mark at puberty. So long as we understand that by cutie mark, we mean rump no. design. <laughs> but your cutie mark can happen at any age. It can happen like younger or older. So Can it change? Yeah. I don't think I've seen it change. No, that would be interesting. So what is Mike? What's Coffee's uh, calling? Like, what is his jam? I mean, his whole arc was forgiving his father and becoming a hero. And he teleports. So I don't know. So, okay. So it's a very complex rump design with father issues and teleportation. <laughs> no. Uh, imagine you don't get along with your dad and a picture of your dad shows up on your ass. <laughs> That's awkward. It's like, shit, man. That's why I wear pants. <laughs> That's true. I have never seen your cutie mark, Mike. <laughs> My sister got an ass tattoo. Does that count? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Is it her calling? Uh, it's the number 21. That's almost a phone number. And that's <laughs> her calling. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Next up is Krang. Chris Franklin says, I thought he was much a much bigger baddie in the grand MCU due to the reruns of the old Marvel superheroes cartoon where he seemed to be in every Namor segment. Truth is, Chris, I guess, you know, Namor is just not that important. So... Even, like, his biggest villain isn't important to the rest of the MCU. Captain Entropy says all Krang really needs to oxygenate his water is an aquarium bubbler attached to that bowl. And if his <laughs> if it breaks, he can pick up a replacement at any pet supply store. That's and convenient. It's a little one, like, it's a treasure chest that opens and closes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian yes. Linton warns, we should be careful when judging Atlantean fashion with surface dweller eyes. Water absorbs more colors of the spectrum the deeper you go. Red is the first color to disappear, followed by oh. orange, yellow, and green. Depending on the depth of Atlantis, which I think is pretty deep, Krang's costume could look quite different than what's depicted here. His entry even states that Atlantean eyes are more sensitive to the green portion of the spectrum, which would also affect how his outfit appears to his fellow Atlanteans. Huh. So much physics in this episode. He's got like a black cape for them. Well, I'm oh. sorry that I judge Atlanteans uh, fashion then. Well, wait. Why can't he just wear black? <laughs> they ran out of black fabric. Let's go on. Jonathan Riddle says, <laughs> Reading the history of this character unveiled an interesting parallel. 
Krang assumes military control over Atlantis while Namor is interacting with the surface world. When the rightful ruler of the realm returns, Krang exiles Namor, who undergoes a quest to retrieve a legendary trident to use as a symbol of power to reclaim the throne. Did the writers of the Aquaman movie, or the comics on which the movie is based, rip off an old Namor story? <sighs> Maybe. Da, da, da. Gasp. Uh, and in miscellaneous comments, Mike W. from Saskatchewan comes back with final thoughts about the previous episode's killer shrike being drawn by DC artist Joe Kubert. What if it's because of Kubert's association with Hawkman? And what if this was another inside joke like Kurt Swan doing the Gladiator entry? Comic book nerds will understand these references, guys. Good for them! Before we go, before we go, we have to mention the Fire and Water Podcast Network patron page at patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. If you like our content, please think about making a one-time or monthly donation, the amount of which will allow you to unlock rewards, like getting on our hot list, get the girls to throw a custom compliment at you. This month, because of Craven, all compliments will be wild animal-based. Oh, good. Okay. We're going to go around <laughs> the virtual table, and so whoever's face I see first gets to go. Jose, you're going to be first. And <laughs> tried to hide your camera, but no. Uh, you get Mike Danis. A kangaroo. <laughs> because he makes me hoppy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Terrible. Sure, Terrible. I'll go with that one. Okay. Isabelle, you're next with Elisamel. Oh, no. <laughs> I, so I want a pun. That's so much pressure. <laughs> On uh, you? Yeah. Well, I have an idea. Oh, yes, there you go. Cut in line, that. It's a pun on your name, uh-huh. but on your last name, because it sounds... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I almost pulled your taunt. <laughs> but I, I'll admit it's not very flattering. It's just the first animal that came to my head that sounded like it, because it sounds like camel. <laughs> I got that. I'm sorry. That, that's not yet. That is still not a compliment. No, it's not. You have to say she it's retains a... water like a camel. Something complimentary. Or she has beautiful eyelashes like a camel. Camels have nice yeah. eyelashes. You actually do have nice eyelashes. So there you go. I'm sorry. I saved the. I saved none. Amelie, you get Gene Hendrix. Is there something that's like particularly like Norse? Reindeer? Okay, we're gonna go with reindeer. Because he's a deer. deer. Yeah, he's a deer. You see, we're we're getting it now. I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel bad. By the end of the list, we're gonna get this. I said kangaroo. Like that's the worst one. (laughs) I feel like if one person gets an actual compliment, we've won. Isabelle, you do and Marie Bernier then. Okay, she has to be like a toucan or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Or, or, or like any animal that goes like, ah! <laughs> She's like a crow. <laughs> also like, in this issue. Shotgun, you do Monsieur Luc. Well, that's easy, actually. That's great. Something loyal for anyone that we, we end up on because they... They still subscribe and they still listen, most of them, I think. So I was going <laughs> to be going for animals that were loyal. And what I found as first on Google is a bald eagle and Monsieur Luc is a bird watcher. So yeah. there Oh, there you go. And it is, I guess you're last here and you get Gotham Shoren. Well, I think I'm not lying when I say that <laughs> Gotham Shoren is awesome. 
<laughs> and it also ties into the episode. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. We love you. Leave us comments wherever you can find the podcast, whether the Fire and Water Network website, the Fire and Water Network Facebook page, or through Twitter. The hashtag is FWPodcasts, plural. We'd love to hear from you about, well, I guess these four characters and concepts, but uh, on the show in general. Until next time, be hot, don't be not. Female bag. It's weird and broken up. Should we cheer one at a time and then you put them all together? No, I can't do that. I don't know. I don't know what your editing master skills are. Just put in like a fake sound effect. Just like a stock sound of people going, woo! (laughs) You mean like stolen from another episode? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) I can do that. We've got like 61 of them.